Diablo Bang. Ashley. Casey. Did you have a good day? I did not, actually. Casey. How was your night? How was Did you have a good night? Court? Yes! The night is young and full of weirdos, ladies and gentlemen, and we're in the courtroom. Hear ye, hear ye, hear ye. Did I mess that up? It's okay. We're going with it. I did the best I could. Usually it's Hans. That's true. Someone's got to do it. Someone's got to be the Hans. So... I just Let's have, not bury the I lead. I just have the quick wit once we get started. Your wit is so quick, you put our end tag on it right <laughs> oh, at the beginning. So can we can we cuddle now? Can we look rattle? Oh, so we're done. And that we're was done. it. Good night, everyone. <laughs> My uncle thought I was St. Jerome. Alex. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, please rise. Uh, oh, that's it. <laughs> presiding before the court today is the Honorable... Now, no longer assistant. No longer assistant. Full on DA, Al Gehring. Yes. And me, Judge. Judge. Extraordinary. Judge. This is my fever horny dream, Casey Van Heel. Well, and sadly, we are down. Not only we're down two members this week. Uh, Honorable Hans Carl Freiwald is not with us. And not for permanent, but unfortunately, Lana is gone, baby. She gone, baby. She's gone. Gone. However, did you know that on IMDb, in the episode, she is still listed as cast in that episode, but then apostrophe, credit only. Ooh, she got paid for this? So, essentially, because she was still part of the leading cast, she was still part of the cast. I'm thinking, I'm going on thesis mode. Go, go, baby. I'm thinking, this is all, we're, this is going to be, this episode's an inception. This isn't even in reality. We didn't get to see it. Cold tag, Judge Harry Stone fell asleep in his office. Cause this episode is cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs Bananas Towns. You know what? Afterwards, which we didn't finish watching that long ago, but I was really thinking, I was like, this was, this episode was too slow and too fast at the same time. Yeah, no, it was, no, I agree. It was equal parts. I couldn't keep up with my notes. And and then all of a sudden. I'm literally, I'm still, I don't know about you and we'll wait till the end, but I am still, ladies and gentlemen, undecided about how many gavel bangs I'm going to give this shit. Yeah, that's why I always wait to talk it through. I have no idea. Me, the one who always gives it like everybody's mom. (laughs) A thousand gavel bangs. Everyone wins. Like. Um, Mavis gets a gavel bang. Bull gets a gavel, gavel bang. bang. Everyone Bull gets, gets a, a gavel ga- guest bang. star gets a gavel bang. Um, I am gonna look up the description because I am not prepared. I have it on IMDb. You have it. All right. So this or is episode eleven. Is it, it could be different on Amazon though. What's yours? I I don't have it. That's what I was Hit gonna back. try and find. No, that's rewind. Go into the menu. Okay. You want to order some socks while we're on Amazon? Really interesting. Oh man, burying the lead. Uh, all right. So we're at episode eleven. It's called Harry and the Rock Star. Description, if you would. Oh, do you want me to read it? Judge Harry Stone falls for a popular rock star 
but the romance begins to interfere with order in the courtroom when a group of punk rockers converges on the court looking for their idol. This episode should be called Disorder in the Court. Hey! Hey! And I also keep just thinking Harry and the Hendersons whenever I see it. Like, yeah, Harry and I the still Rock don't get Star. Because the or description like, is Judge Harry Stone, parenthesis, Harry Anderson, and I always see Harry Henderson. Oh, yeah, definitely. No Bigfoots in this episode, except for Bull. That's who true. Plays who, the played, part of who played it very well. The biggest well. bald foot there is. All right, so yeah, that's a pretty apt description as far as the episode goes. Yeah, I um, would say that's a good description. I don't have like a Hansi description, like you know, usually he does. We can freeform riff. One. You can freeform. You're better at freeforming. You're so good at it, baby. That's you just say that when you want me to do things. You know, I I wouldn't do <laughs> normally. I don't want to do. Yeah. Yeah, you're just so good at it. Do it. You're so much better. Uh, I'm not going to do a freeform riff. I feel like that's an apt description. There are lots of punk rockers in this episode. So it's it's an episode for the gallows in that, that regard. That's definitely true. A lot of extra actors got paid this I, week. That's valid. I would also like to say, and maybe not for the normal viewer, Yeah. but this was a star-studded affair for me. Oh, yeah. No, it really was. I you mean, can suck at Russian Yakov Smirnov. Yeah, Yakov Smirnov needs to go D level celebrity. I went, go back where you came from, and then I was like, "Oh shit, that's, that's racist." That's what he does to make money. Yeah, no, I didn't. That's not what I meant. I meant it figuratively, not literally. But yeah, this this was the shit. This was this was. I I was really excited whenever. Any extra, like, with lines came on today. I feel like this is, I would say... This is my childhood. If you're in, in hipster Williamsburg, Brooklyn, and someone's like, let's watch an episode of Night Court, this is the one you're going to get to see. This is the one, this is for Hans. This is the episode that's playing at Champs right now. This is, yeah. This is also the one that you really test your, like, true, like, 80s movie love. Oh, yeah, it, it is... This is a deep bench, but you have to be. It's it's deep though. You have to be us. Yeah, and let's like I I think we should introduce our faves as they come in. Yeah, and not... let's, once we hit them. Okay, so, so we're gonna go. Uh, start so again, it off. the episode is called Harry and the Rockstar. Um, we start off in uh, chambers. Yep. No as... cafeteria. No, I'm really sorry. Not at all. The entire spoiler alert: no cafeterias this episode. Uh, you know what? I w- I was really waiting for one, and I thought that at the end, that's where they were going to escape to. Yeah, because maybe the quote unquote midnight lunch. That's where rush Lana. Was you know, over. that's where Lana's body is. Yeah, right Lana's now. there. Oh, body in a cafeteria. Chalk. Yeah, it is. It was her favorite spot. Hashtag too soon. Hashtag Pusey Washington. Hashtag oranges the new black. Stop it. You're just laying on TV references on, on top of a TV show no one watches anymore. <gasps> Not that. I'm talking about O-I-T-N-B. Night Court. OITNB. Not okay. OTM. That one's fine. Okay. All right. Start it off, babe. Uh, so we're in judges' chambers, and everyone but the judge is there, and they're all cozied around uh, like a little teeny tiny TV. I started writing radio. I really Because <laughs> we don't see the screen, and it's the, you know, the... In the 80s, they had the, the, the wood. 
Oh yeah, it's the most beautiful it. burnished, yeah, it's like really cherry nice. wood box it you've ever like seen. It looks like one of our vintage radios that we have displayed in our living room. And so I literally was like, "Radio?" And I was like, "Oh, it's a fucking TV." It should have been. It looked like one of the a, they were a kitchen TV. To some Mel Torme. And you know this from like a TV in the kitchen. It was always that tiny little box, yeah, tucked tiny. under a hutch. Yeah, but most most of the time those TVs were plastic and they were like white. Right. They're not like made out of like... white plastic or like if you were a rich family, you had one in like blue or pink. Yeah, it wasn't made out of like a, restored like, wood from one of the like the original Mayflowers. Apple, what are iMac? iMac. Oh yeah, the. Wow, that took way too long. Yeah, oh yeah. So, anyways, they're sitting. They're not sitting around a radio, sitting around a television, and we find out. Um, we see them, and Bull is fussing with the knobs, frantically cranking on knobs, turning knobs. And Dan's annoyed. And Dan is, of course, because it's Bull. I love seeing these two annoyed with each other because it gets so odd coupley to me. Yeah, and it's 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 a beautiful thing. No, and it always. And you go- know, I have a, a love for Dan. Oh yeah, of course. In this episode, we get to see, we have sort of like thrown it out there that Dan is possibly a neoconservative oh, yeah. psycho. And he kind of is. Or um, just a capitalist. That's true. And he's a Reagan guy, for sure. Oh, definitely. Um, So there, yeah, it's Dan and Bull going back and forth over the TV knobs. And Dan's like, can you just, basically, can you just stop fussing with it? And Bull's like, excuse me if I... If I like to watch a color television in perfect color. So Bull's being very anal about the tracking on the television. So that's what I was just going to bring up really quickly. That brought me straight back to my childhood and not necessarily with the TV. Like we wouldn't really futz with it when we were watching shows, but with movies. Oh, you put that movie in? The tracking and especially... What did, what is the one one of the things we bonded over when we first met o- Orion videos? Oh, those shitty Orion, Orion videos. If it was Orion, which one of my favorite movies of all time, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, is an Orion produced video. Those VHS tapes are the shoddiest motherfuckers. Oh yeah. So before DVDs existed, you, you know, by principle, you don't buy another VHS. Of course not. It costs you. you it costs you twenty nine ninety nine. Thirty minutes. In front of the damn TV at your VCR doing the tracking, thinking that maybe you'll get it. Oh, yeah. We had... And you end up just just giving up and realizing and, and going with the flow of, like, this one white line that keeps just appearing like a, a heartbeat at the bottom of your screen. That was always the first go-to, the curse. This had to be what people with the... this Just with the... As much passion as they could used to scream to the like old gods is my family had one of those big giant. Our first VCR was one of those big boxy like top loader ones with the like oh, fuck yeah. industrial springs in it that Almost would cut like your finger off. Tape. Yeah, it would go bring and yeah. spring out the top yeah. and then you put the tape in. And it was huge, and that's what we used to, like... I had one of those, and it came in a briefcase, because it was also our video recorder. <laughs> oh, that's the best. It stuck a camera to it. Yeah. Uh, so ours was the VCR, and it was this huge, boxy thing, and I, my old man got every fucking nickel out of that thing, because <laughs> every HBO free w- weekend, he sat so diligently nice. in front of that VHS recorder, marking down every... 
moment a movie started and stopped and it would be comedy specials, whatever. He recorded everything, just a box of cassettes. But that big giant VHS, that big giant VCR sat on top of a big giant crappy TV and it had a remote, but it was attached with a cord. And it was the shortest, daintiest cord you've ever seen in your life. It was like a foot long cord. Like the one attached to my headphones right now? Yeah, no, exactly. It was like just a splitter. So you had a remote, but you literally had to walk up to the device and the remote spared you from having to touch it. And that had the main button on that little remote was a tracking button. And that was the... Family sitting down. We spent three ninety nine on a new release. We had to wait. This is our second choice. You put it in, it gets scraggly, and it was just like tracking. Oh yeah, you just shout tracking. I was I was the tracking queen. It's like the Robitussin but you know of what I just electronic realized? devices. What I just realized is I said I, I was. <laughs> I swear to you, I didn't realize it until just now, which makes it so funny. I was like, I was the tracking queen. My dad thought I was so good at it, he would have me do it because <laughs> he didn't want to get up. Because then I was like, I just realized we just had this conversation, like hoodwinked my entire hoodwinked. life. Oh yeah, it's so funny that. I literally never got it when used against myself, but I learned it well enough to, to use, use it, it against, against others. everyone else. So I think subconsciously I always understood what the fucker was doing. Yeah. But yeah I literally just thought about that. I was like, I was the best. I was, I was the like, best no, at fixing the tracking. No, I didn't want to go up to the TV. The f- no, oh. there's no best. It's not. There's not a challenge mode. Oh, touche. Anyways. So uh, they're fussing with the TV, and then they're sassing each other and then dan starts busting bulls balls like oh he thinks it's about oh he likes the color oh it's too green too green oh it's too green bull uh, uh, too green so they're too just, light too dark and then bull breaks then it. bull just breaks the knob off and, and then we find out the reason everyone's huddled around the tv we realize judge harry's except not, my girl selma except she's chilling in the back chilling in the back looking at a skin mag um <laughs> Everyone's there Smoking except for bottles. obviously Lana because her body's chilling in the, the fucking commissary and Harry's not there. We find out everybody's huddled around the TV because Harry is going to be on some local TV late show. night television. I, did they say local? It's okay. We it looks get into, pretty like, I mean, it looks hack Carson, but it looks Carson S. Right. I don't know if it was a New York one thing. I think it may have been like a late night talk show. It looked local to me. Okay. We'll say it was local, but I don't think they said that. They didn't get a Carson knockoff. They got a guy that looked nothing like Carson. He looked like a... No, I'm talking about like the set, the format, like... Yeah. We can get into the format because Judge Harry is on this talk show. Yeah, also, why the fuck? And they never say why other than the fact that he is A, a judge, and B, he lives in New York City. No. That is it. They kind of, they do, because the thing that sets him apart and makes him special is that he's the youngest. He's a judge in New York? he's the youngest in the history, Um, which he's mentioned before, which also, I I don't really care anymore. Well, no, but the the talk show host says it. Does he? Yeah, he does. So I'm sure that that has a large part to do with it. Um, Sorry. So 
So yes, Harry's going to be on this local late night talk show. Selma is total sass bag, and they're all, they're all waiting around, and she's like, "Oh, I'm so latch me to the couch. I'm so excited, like totally pissing on their parade." Well, they're Selma they're also pretty excited because they're talking about this rock star. Yeah, and the so Harry's of course the B, the B guest, B guest. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the main guest is Jennifer uh, Black. Jennifer. Black. And really quickly, as we move forward, I know for a fact, because I typed it a million times, I'm going to say Rebecca Black so many times. Fine. No one's going to call you on that. Character name is Jennifer Black. Jennifer Black. Jennifer Black, they show her, looks like a Pat Benatar, Cindy Lauper mashup. She doesn't look punk, but that's her audience. Well, but- we're not, we're not, we're not there yet. All right. They haven't even seen her, so they're talking about her, and and they're kind of, you know, they're fangirling over yeah. there in chambers, and and Selma doesn't care. Um, but who who enters the room before the show starts? The which- our first. Oh yes, our first celebrity. I'm so sorry. Our first I really celebrity. It. Yeah. So this is and when we- guest of the night. Oh, our substitute court reporter. Mavis Tuttle. Mavis Tuttle looks as schmumpy and dumpy as her name sounds. And if you were shocked to see her. There's only one reason. Because she has been. This woman. Haunted. Scared. Is in. I mean, would you not want that? I, I think I would never want an acting gig after that. So Mavis Tuttle is the librarian from the f- opening scene in Ghostbusters. So she's yeah, she is the first person you see it's in her arguably before the credits. One of the greatest movies ever made. Yeah, and in one of the funniest written pieces of dialogue in cinematic history ever made. Her face made, is etched in my brain. This woman forever. says to Bill Murray, "My uncle thought he was Saint Jerome." Well, I'd call that a big yes. Yes. I mean, genius. This woman is my hero. And she, to be frank, she's very good in Ghostbusters. She's very good in Ghostbusters. Limited screen time. She is excellent Incredibly in this. talented. She is hilarious in this. That woman knows timing. Oh, yeah. As we saw in Ghostbusters. Yeah. So that's all you need to know. Librarian from Ghostbusters. So all the... They're fangirling over Re- Jennifer Black. We're mm-hmm. fangirling over Mavis over Tuttle. Mavis Tuttle. But Mavis comes in mm-hmm. and she introduces herself and says that she's she's temporary. And no nonsense, temp. Temporary yeah. court reporter. Well, and Liz. She knows the score. Liz being my girl. You know mm-hmm. I love Liz. Liz introduces herself and is very nice and cheerful. Yeah. And I'm still fangirling, so I really didn't write it down. But Mavis had a killer line. I, I clearly don't have it written down. So essentially, she was like, Liz is like, oh, hi, I'm Liz. Like, how are you? And she goes, let's not do that. Oh, right. Let's not become cordial because then we'll become friends. Basically, a yada, yada, and yada. W- and then we'll be best friends and then you'll die and, and then I'll grieve and, and then I'll and have to be there. sad. And she was like, it's just not worth all the stress and the pain. So she basically tells us that Liz Lana's gone. Go fuck yourself. Yeah, Don't she does. Don't worry about and it. And she also goes, I ain't that lady. I ain't that lady. I ain't that lady. I ain't going to be your best friend. I ain't that ain't lady. I ain't going to be that lady. 
She's sassy. She is not. And so, her shitty husband is dead. Well, we don't know that yet. But, all right, spoiler alert. <laughs> She's a widow. breath. So she she essentially does that whole spiel. We laugh. We get to know Mavis. Mavis leaves. Selma, our girl Selma, who Mavis reminds me a lot of, mm-hmm. says, yeah. Ni- uh, strange lady. Nice outfit, though. Yes. Loves her outfit. So we know that they're spirit animals. Yes, They absolutely. share a common being. Yeah. And then then we get to the show. Now we're right. on the actual show. The show starts and it's a... We're not even close to credits yet. I know. We never are. It, we it, never are. You know what? But we're doing better time than we normally do. Yeah, baby. Uh, so the show starts and then we were introduced to Jennifer Black, the punk rock Pat Benatar, Cindy Lauper analog. Yeah. And she's on the show because she is lighting the world on fire. And her record? What Can we it? talk about this? What's it called? Sleigh Ride? No, it's called... Or maybe, and I completely messed up, but what I wrote down is, I Bite the Songs. That's the name of... they. There are two times they, they mention her hit song, I believe they mention on the show, is because I started to write down Haunted Sleigh Ride, as in Sleigh... Kill, but I was like, why would they? Why would it be haunted and slay? That's just is you know like. So I think it would. The hit song was called Slay Ride. None of it fucking makes sense. It doesn't matter. It's clearly people who don't listen to punk writing about punk, right? As we will find out, it makes it funny. Like I'm not offended by it, and I'm certainly not someone that's like, oh yeah, man, Sid Vicious. Right. I know all my punk shit. God save the queen. But yeah, this is it's, not. It, it would it's be not like even it that. would be like if you asked me to write. Like exactly what just came out of my mouth is kind of uh, how they interpret. You would punk. not do. I I boat this record or I bited, bite. I bite the song. I bite the song. I keep thinking it's record. Like I'm like for working. lunch. I bite the song. That's I dumb. Thought, because I didn't. Yeah, I don't understand the reference to the same. Because like I get like the bite my bubbles. Because that's when you're a swimmer and you're biting bubbles because you're they're kicking in front of sure, you. Sure, sure. They're so much faster. Something they put so on that's a no fear I shirt. Yeah. I don't. No fear. I bite bubbles. Yeah, I'm really self conscious that we're not making enough jokes. We are. We're fine. No, but it's like I I I bite the song is like Z- plural songs. What uh, the fuck does that mean? It's like Ray Stevens. Is it like it's like the guy who back? wrote the fucking. Oh, yes, they call him the streak. <laughs> like, he's like, a, the. it's like a fucking hacky, hayseed, Al, weird Al. Like, I bite the songs. It's just a bad joke. I want a weird Al song. I bite the songs. He wouldn't. He's too good for that shit. He is too good for that shit. Um. So, yeah, her album is I Bite the Songs. The song, I think, is called Slay Ride, as in slay. She, and she does slay. Slay all day. Uh, so they have a, a back and forth, and they just establish she is a this icon. This she's killing it in the music world, killing the pop. And I'll, I'll say pop right now, biz. I am gonna bury the lead on this. Yeah. So I'm looking at this woman who's just a pretty typical '80s looking like actor actress. You know, pretty blonde hair, blue eyes. But to be fair, she tanned. is wearing like makeup and has like yeah, she's wearing colored hair and like yeah. 
But I, I'm literally thinking, I'm like, this this woman looks so familiar. And then I'm like, yeah, maybe she just looks like Kathleen Turner. And like, that's why I'm thinking yeah. that. Because she does. Like, she very much does. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you're just, meh, it's fine. Moving, moving on. Though. And we, I'm just going to put a pin in that. We have so honestly that. spent more time talking about her in the interview than the actual interview consists of. Because they go, hey, you're famous. She goes, yeah, I am. Cool. Moving on. Here's a judge. That's literally what happens. And then Harry walks out. What with, the fuck was that guy wearing? Ooh, the highest pants you've ever seen. I li- pale blue, too. They were pale blue pants. And I have, what did I write down? I would have liked Harry to see some- Harry in pale blue uh, flutter- flutters. Harry overkills. I would have liked to see a little bit of denim. Save some of the denim from previous episodes and put it right here. You know what? It's one of those really dumbass New York half suits because it doesn't match that remind me of, of a movie, Weekend at Bernie's. Oh. Dun, dun, dun. We'll get there. But oh, funny, it's all, right? It's all tying together. All tying together. Everything ties together in my world because so I, course, I make it. Of course, Judge Harry looks like a fucking hot mess like he always does. So he comes on, literally gives kind of like a nod to the host. Yeah. And then the host is like, and this is Jennifer Black. And he, he goes over to shake his hand, shake Jennifer's hand. He goes, nifty. And he says nifty. He says nifty. I wrote it down. Nifty outfit. That mu- must make a lot of noise in the dryer. In the dryer. Harry is on the whole time in a way that... But is that on? Continue. But really? He's on in the way that I Bite the Records is on. Like, okay. I... it. He's just sassing. He's just cracking wise and sassing. And there's an actual scene where the host throws his arms up in the air because Harry is being... Way too funny for even the host to recover from. The host says, like, well, I've lost control. Maybe after the commercial break, I'll get it back. So Harry is just... Also, the jokes weren't fucking funny. They were not funny. And they weren't like, oh, that's 80s funny. They were not 80s funny. We're going to get to the end of this episode. I think... If Harry Anderson wrote those jokes... I don't think he did. I just think he knows how to sell terrible jokes. Get out. But I think this is Judge Harry Stone's fucking horny fever dream. Like, it's just, he is on the whole episode and he's telling these bad jokes. Like, he gets brought on to basically the late, sh- like the Jimmy Fallon show as just the guy who does a thing. Right. Like, that's just the hacky dream in most sitcoms. It was like, all right, tonight, here we go. We got a bartender. His name's Casey. And then I show up, and it's me and Katy Perry. (laughs) And then everything I say is just hilarious. What'd you say about Katy Perry? I'm like, hey, Katy Perry. You like Katy Perry? More like Katy Berry's are good for you. Am I right? And everyone's like, (laughs) It's actually better than Harry's joke. It's, it's, I tried to even make it bad. Do you know what's really funny? Because I was really thinking, I was just like, oh, that's a really good point. Like. That would be really loud in a dryer because we just had that problem last week. With all my cool punk rock clothes? With all your with all your Sid Vicious clothes. Um, no, with the baby stuff because of all the zippers. Right. Remember? Eh, yeah. I was like, what is that? Clanging. And I was like, oh, that's legit. And I still don't find the joke funny. And we were its target and I'm, audience. I'm living that. Yeah. Because we rationalized it. I'm literally it. now a Midwestern mom. <sighs> I, I just thought he meant loud in the dryer because it's loud. It was a very loud outfit because it was 
No, it's as mismatched it's as his. She had she had um, studs. Yeah, that's right. That's all. She had point like large pointy. It's more studs. earned than I thought. I just thought he was making of like man that blouse is loud. Oh no, like it it was legit. Like that would be really fucking loud in the dryer. Also, why would you ever machine wash that outfit again? We're going way too far into it. I like. I'm shaking my head at myself right now. The laundry of punk rock stars. <laughs> I don't know why she wouldn't take it to Swan's. Oh, cleaners. just take that to just dry clean that, would you? She's a rock star. She wears it once and she throws it away. Totally. So yeah, Judge Harry. Uh, they go to commercial on the talk show, and then Harry s- continues his flirtatious repart repartee Re- <laughs> I know that's what I was like. Where are you going? Going French. Uh, and uh, she does she ask him out for coffee or is it vice versa? She asked him. She asked him out. She's like, you're you're a wild dude. You want to get a cup of coffee? And then she was like, no, it's Mel that brings them together. Oh, shit. Because yes, she yes, says, yes. are you a fan of mine? And he said, you know, I really don't listen to that type of music. Like. I'm mm-hmm. more traditional. Mel Torme is my favorite. And she goes, I love Mel Torme. And we know Harry. And That's we already right. know that with a lady shares a passion for Mel Torme. Because she asked him about, hey, do you, are you a fan of mine? Have you heard? Because I have written down, Society of Scum loves Mel Torme. So I think that was one of her songs. That's Anyways. So they both, they, they bond over Mel Torme, because of course she loves Mel Torme. And then it's and, credits. And then we get our, we get our hot intro. And, and then, it's, there's something pretty important that happens. Yeah. Or doesn't. No Lana in the intro, that's no how we know. No Lana in the intro. But as Nail I said before, she is credited in this episode as a credits only character. Because she's buried under the stairs. She's in the cafeteria. She's the she's the sloppy Joe. Now I have the sloppy Joe song in my head. Uh, you should. I'm not gonna sing it. It's an anthem. But it's, it's in her my funeral head. song. I want all of you to know. Funeral that. dirge. All right, so we get back from credits. No Lana. It's a real shame. I'm crying. I really yeah. am. Yeah, we're all heartbroken. Crying on the inside. Loved Lana. Favorite character. Always said I loved her. Um, and we are in the hallway. Uh, we are in the hallway, and Harry. Uh, <laughs> God damn it, Mavis. I love Mavis. Mavis Muddle, Tuttlebub. Mavis Tuttle shows up and goes, sign this. And Harry happily signs it. And he's like, hey, wait a second. Who are you? And she goes, Mavis Tuttle. And he goes, oh, Miss Tuttle or or Mrs. Which one? And she goes, my old man's dead. Take your pick. Which I fucking love. And then Harry goes, my old lady's dead. Thank God Lana's gone. Hey, that does not happen. But then Mavis ah. continued and said he turned out to be a temporary, too, because she's the temp assistant. I thought it was good. Oh, yeah. I she, love her. And as, I did not nail it. I cannot do Mavis's voice. No, and that's my note. I, I My only note is she's as salty as a bar pretzel. <laughs> These pretzels are making <laughs> they, me thirsty. And Mavis Tuttle will make you thirsty for more. Uh, and then, so then Harry, we, Harry goes to the courtroom and... Hell yeah, all hell breaks loose. The gallows, we lose our normal cadre of roustabouts, hobos, and perverts. Well, we also find out first, he goes into his chambers really quickly, 
and he sees Liz and Dan and they're like, how was the coffee shop last night? And he was like, what? How do you know about that? So and then we find out Harry's in the paper. He's in the rag, the gossip rags. He's in the gossip rags because he went out with Jennifer Black and the paparazzi, which they didn't. I don't even think that word existed at that time. No. But the it was the invented by Lady Gaga. Oh my god! <laughs> I did not just say that. But the reporters followed them in. So there is a picture of them in the paper, and the headline is "Rocker tries judge." And then Harry's response is, "Hey, there's me and my pie." He goes, "That's me. That's my pie." What a nerd! Yeah. What a nerd! So then, then we go into the courtroom and take it yeah. away, my darling. Uh, oh shit! I'm sorry. I, I'm looking at my notes and they're not, they're not making sense. So we see in the courtroom that there are a ton of people. Oh yeah, yeah, got ya. Judge Harry goes in, and then that's the the lovely banter between her and Dan. And I'm starting to love their relationship. Too. Yes, because she. Oh yeah, I got it here. Yeah. So Harry leaves the office. I was like, I know you wrote that down. No, I totally did. I. I, my note was rocker tries judge, and I was just like, oh, we're at the, the punk rock judge part. Um, so Harry goes into court, and then uh, uh, Liz and Dan are in the hallway, and she's like, oh, I haven't, I haven't met anyone famous without them being attached to a slaying. And then Dan's response is, I met Donald Rumsfeld. <laughs> so good. What the fuck? It just that. gets better with time, because back then it was probably just a nerdy... <laughs> byline like only a but literally died in the world republican if not a- that show happened today and yeah. someone said that like it would still play it it, it gets i are i say it gets a bigger it pop played now so well than it did back then because i think back then it was just another weird dan reference to like especially when it's Larrakat patty pagoya or whatever the other because like, he really was. didn't know the damn difference no like She's like, someone famous. He's like, well, I met Donald Rumsfeld, and man, was he, he was really sassing at this, like, Republican picnic or whatever it was. Yeah, like, he was basically, essentially, kind of like, without saying it, I was at the RNC, and Donald yeah. Rumsfeld and I were talking yeah, to, like, a VIP He booth. was nerding out about him whipping votes. Yeah, you know, no, exactly. Local election. Uh, so then we get... Uh, Chambers. The- chambers and we get a taste the return of a speaking of the smell of death in the room hey craven craven cue the rumba (laughs) (laughs) and not bernie sanders folks weekend at bernie's dead bernie dead bernie so Craven wants the scoop. He wants the skinny. He wants the deal. He wants the info. He wants he knows, the lowdown. The baby. deal. He knows that Judge Harry went out with the sexy lady. Which I like that they brought him back for that because it makes perfect sense yeah. character wise. So like really smart writer wise. Mm-hmm. So you can get the the hackney reporter like, what do you know? What do you see? What are you doing? But we already know this guy's a slime ball. And he kills it. Yeah. Oh, kill. He always kills it. Oh, yeah. Terry Kaiser kills it whenever he does anything, even when he plays dead. But no, I agree that he is like, it's perfect that he's back for this. Yeah. No, I think they did a really good job because not only are you good at bringing a pseudo reoccurring character back, Mm -hmm. 
which is fun for the audience since especially you've lost the main character yeah. one of the main characters lana you've lost an ensemble member bring someone familiar back yeah and his creepiness perfectly pertains to the story number one because he's a reporter so obviously he wants the scoop but number two it is also a way to have harry date a rock star and not let it get to his head because the only guy legitimately asking him about it is the guy that we all despise like he's slimy yeah. So Harry doesn't go to Harry. You know what I'm saying? No, it's true. And this is one of the, we've talked about it now having, being on the 11th episode. We've seen the patterns and we, there are episodes where the core cast are the thrust of the comedy. And right. then there's the exterior comedy. And this is definitely one of those episodes where it is them reacting to the exterior stimuli. Yes. So Craven's perfect. To be just like, he makes the jokes, he's skeevy, he's bouncing off people, and they're just like, whoa, whoa. It's skeevy because it's him, but if it were Dan, I would have laughed, but he gets a good one, and he was like, how did he take, how did she take it? And Harry looks back, and she goes, he goes, her coffee. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was really good. I messed that joke Uh, up too. Any of the jokes, just read it from my notes. Uh... So they, he has a back and forth, and then uh, Bull comes in. Well, really quickly, he uh, he said, you know, I thought that you could give me the inside story, given our close personal relationship. And Harry says, our close personal relationship is that of a tick to a dog. Oh, right. And then Terry. And then he's got a great moment. <laughs> I'm the tick, right? Oh, yeah. It was such, it was almost like, it was definitely a Terry Kaiser, but almost, he had a little bit of Keaton going on in yeah. there he was really stoked it to be was the like tick a, it was the beetlejuice a nice fucking metal <clears throat> yeah like i'm the tick right yeah yeah no he was it really, really jazzed like that. which is perfect for his character we established i think he was just happy that he got the joke and he thought it was funny even if it was at his expense yeah uh and then bull comes in to check on the judge but then also to get rid of this lousy tick that is terry kaiser uh and then uh uh, Kaiser definitely sees Bull and gets scared, and he's uh, they have a back and forth, and he's sticks and stones, and then Bull's like, I don't need no sticks. Yeah. Whoa. Wait. Okay, I'm so glad you wrote it down, yeah. like, verbatim. What does that all mean, man? He doesn't need sticks or stones. Stick, I know, but- He needs Harry, a stone to crack this guy's skull so, open, apparently. So Craven starts it out, he goes, hey, sticks and stones, man. But the saying that I'm aware of is sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never never hurt hurt me. me. Yeah. So what the hell does that have to do with Bull wanting him out of the room? Do you know what I'm saying? He's just saying, Kaiser's referring to that, the the old chestnut of the sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Because Terry Kaiser's saying shit about everybody. Like, hey man, I took it as... He said shit about everybody. Okay. He probably said shit about Bull or people in the courtroom. So he's he was just like, hey, big guy. Hey, big fella. It's just words, man. It's just words. And Bull's like, basically, I don't need sticks or stones to break your bones. Right. I got that. I, I did, hands. I did, it, was, it was awkward for me. Like, I get why they did it. And Bull yeah. was both of them like sold it. Mm-hmm. So I, I wasn't like lost or upset, but I was just like necessary probably not yeah 
Uh, but then we got a great, a great, a, an amazingly staged gag that is so oh, bold so in the doorway, staring down Craven. And so they have that exchange, and Craven's like, basically, like, well, I'll go. And takes the longest, most awkward right way around Bull. He circles him, goes up on a chair, and, like, squeezes himself out of the door jam. So it was perfect. It was good. It also goes back to something that we haven't mentioned in a while in terms of staging. Yeah. Like like a play. Oh, totally. They, they totally killed that staging. Uh, and then we get a commercial break. Uh, and then we are... We are in the courtroom full. We've mentioned it before, and it's full to the brim with punks. Punky Brewsters. No hookers. No Carla no pimps, Bees. No Carla Bees. No homeless. It, it, they've kicked them all out. Uh, and then we see Bull again after Bull had a great couple couple scenes before. Now he's back there, and he's standing next to the, the gallows that's overflowing with punks, and then we see a your prototypical 80s punk and he's got his like cut off shirt and his jeans and studs but he's got gnarly spiked hair yeah it's not a mohawk no it's just the spiky little mini spikes this colored it's like a, a, a deep purple um indigo and he you know like saddles up to where bull is and he's like hey man i dig your skull choice i was torn between this and he refers to his spiky hair and yours. And then Bull turns and looms over him and just goes, you lost. It was so good. But here's my thing. I have a question. Uh-huh. What punks did you know that were male that shaved their head? Females did. Sure. No male. Skinheads. Not. Do, do skinheads listen to punk music? Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Yes. Really? No, there's a whole like there's a there's a total there's a the the skinhead everybody thinks about, which is the neo Nazi skinhead. Right. Is not the the real skinhead, the first skinhead. The real skinheads are Are you taking it back right now? I'm taking it back right now. Okay. Uh there were like punk rockers and they it, it comes from i believe like the the sailors and like merchant class like they these guys that just traveled and they shaved their heads because partially because of practicality because it would get they'd get fucking fleas and Lice, mange yeah. and shit um so it was just this worker class of people like these working class types of people have you seen that like croissant bread hair croissant bread hair like poof like a no like hair that gets so matted and mangy that it looks like a oh like gross a, yes yes like a bakery yeah what i gotcha it? no but That's like so they're like this there is a whole group of hardcore people and skinheads that are like they don't drink they don't do drugs they're super open and like so and yeah Okay, so, so I didn't, there is I didn't a tradition. know that. That makes sense. I don't know if the guy who wrote the script wrote "I Bite These Records" I, would know that. Yeah, but. well, that, that's what I was also going to say in terms of the writers' room. Uh, that transitioned into the casting director, who clearly doesn't like punks because 
I'm sure that some of these people are attractive people, these extras. But in my opinion, how they made them look, they picked just the ugliest, scuzziest looking people. And we're like, oh, these are what punk people look like. Yeah, and they just dressed them in like hand-me-down clothes. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't remind me of punk at all. They're movie punks. It's the totally hair was the, close. Like, like I, I, bought, I bought the hair. I, but that's the thing. That guy's hair, the multi-spiked hair, that's just like dumb. That's like I want to dip my well, toe in Well, not just him. Punk. I'm talking about all of the extras, yeah. though. Like, the ladies and the men. Like, there was, you know, the, the no, Aquanette type stuff. Like, no I got that. No piercings, no mohawks. A lot no, of bouffants. But, yeah. And, and ugly people. Yeah. Like, just ugly. Ugly does not make punk. Right. But you know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. They just went, eh, you're weird looking. Put her in an old prom it's dress. It's literally She's the punk. extras that have shown up for the past 10 episodes to get in the courtroom and were like rejected. But they were like, this one episode, right. we want all the cretins. Because as we learned about most people in the background, they're, they've been working in the biz for 40 years. Yeah, totally. So they got that part. So well, they were like, I'm not doing this. Oh, but like, Let's bring in all these fucking weirdos. Well, and also this was L.A. Yeah. Where it was filmed, like it's, it's true, it's eighties it LA. I it's eighties LA. Like LA is not known to be necessarily a laborer city, which yeah. is where I punk see. Rock I forgot that they were filming thrive. in LA. Right. That's okay. So there's not that, a lot it makes, of. It like, honestly makes more sense to me now that I remember that a guy with long hair who's willing to shave his head for a mohawk for one scene. Right, because like I think like. The TV or movie version of, like, New York punk, I think, like, Warriors. Right. During that time. But even that, I, you could find more people who genuinely were punk. Just because of the... It's New York. You could go to New oh, Jersey. Of you could no, go I'm to... talking about the TV movie stereotypical oh, right. yeah, yeah. punk. I think Warriors. And that's that's obviously very quintessentially New York. Yeah, yeah. And no offense out there to ULA punks, man. I'm just saying. You were not represented in tonight's episode of uh, Night Court. Yeah, no, you were definitely not. Um, so then we, uh, uh, everyone's going crazy after. So we leave Bull and he's fucking with the punk kids. We leave Bull and and uh, Dan's just he's perturbed. He's mad. Like he just can't. He can't fathom why all of these kids are so excited to see. In his words. An arraignment court judge. <laughs> it's so good. It's also good because he has developed into such a conservative. Oh, yeah. That they're just idiot kids. Like, he, he's your dad. Yeah. He's, he's our dads when they were watching this in the 80s and seeing these idiot-looking kids with this idiot-looking hair and the stupid mismatched, like, you know, Ill, ill-fitting clothing all of this he's looking at this him and his pristine pressed you know three-piece suit and he's just going oh jesus christ kill me now i can't take these people why an arraignment court judge that's it uh and then he's in he's uh and one of our weird extra like you said like she's not ugly but she's like she's not but they made her just look she looked like a 40 year old woman in like i as i said earlier in like a an old wedding dress or a prom dress like i'm not i'm definitely not like model pretty i'm certainly not unattractive though either but like you could make me look that dumpy like yeah without that much work like but people went to work on this girl yeah 
to make her look fucking horrible. So the queen of the and dumpers. And so wide. She was the size of a double wide Yeah, it was that, that dress. It was that dr- She had a big poofy dress and a jacket. That orange poof. So she just looked like a minivan. And she <laughs> drives up to Bill, or no, Bill, to Dan. And that's when he's like, you're all excited for an arraignment court judge. And she's like, can you get me an autograph? Can you get me an autograph? I'll give you $5. And he's like, $5. I would never lower myself and he sits down and he goes 10 bucks and i'll get you a pen too so then yeah we're going back to conservative um and then the judge comes in and the fucking roof blows off oh the joint oh my gosh you would have thought that elvis entered the building you would have with the jeans he had on tight well and the really quickly before harry enters the bailiff says you know i'll rise so and so honorable harry t stone blah 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 and the punk kid that was speaking to Bull earlier regarding mm-hmm. the hair and the, yeah. the skull choice, he doesn't stand. Oh, and I don't know yeah. if it's a, like, you know, fuck the fuck establishment fuck the or man. literally the kid just didn't fucking know what was going on. But Bull pulls him up by one of his hair points. Uh, I didn't see that. I was writing yeah, I note. think you were writing. I thought you got the tail end of it, but uh, no, he did it. So they they all rise for the judge, even old Spike Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh, they all rise, fanfare uh, will not stop. Will not stop. Judge trying to call the court to order, but also loving it. You know, it's Harry. He's not too stern He's with it. He's digging it. He's digging it again. I think this is one of Harry's fever dreams. But the crowd's going wild, screaming at him. He's trying to calm him down. Then old Laverna Muddle dumps. Shows up. <laughs> Mavis Tuttle. Mavis Tuttle shows up. <laughs> but you know what? Before I figured out her name, I kept writing down just Saint Jerome. That's what and my, my notes autocorrect? are. Saint Jerome. Yeah. Oh my god, my autocorrect had a time with that, so it's just gibberish. Uh so she sort of she walks up to Harry and he's like, "I'm in the middle of something here, Muddle Dumper." And she's like, <laughs> "Don't let." Don't encourage her words where I wrote it down. Don't encourage these animals. Yeah, she's basically saying, like, if you give them pause, if you pay attention, this courtroom is going to be chaos for the rest of the night. But you're a sad fucking old lady and they're not here for you, man. They're here for me. They're right. cheering for me. He got, he got really hairy high haunchy on that. Oh, yeah. We saw the old gulag Harry the Butcher show oh, up Oh, but a Mavis bit. knew it. Mavis was like, fine, I'll just go I'm going over. going back to my desk. She said, I'll go over to my corner and I'll just shuffle papers until you quit. And he's like, good. Good, you hag. Good, lady. Get the fuck away from this me. This is all about me. I want to bask in the glow of youth because you I'm important again. I love him and we wouldn't have night court without him. But sometimes, Harry T. Stone, I just want to shake you. Now, granted, I think we all have that friend that's Harry. Yes. Mine is Hans. And <laughs> <laughs> you're not here to defend yourself, are you? No, it's not. It's not. <laughs> I just really wanted to do that. But I do I do have a hairy friend. Oh, yeah. You have a hairy friend, too. And ours are different. It's not a mutual friend. It's not you, Hans. But it's, it's, but it's always it's, you, it's Hans. Hans. It's always you. It is Hans. <laughs> uh, so we, yeah. So Harry's just like, let me enjoy this. Pe- I'm important. I'm the youngest judge in New York City. 
city. Did I ever tell you that? Only a hundred fucking times, Have you Harry. been on TV for being younger than the one person ahead of you? I went out for coffee. I That's my pie. With Rebecca Black. Ah, enough of your shit, Harry. So, yeah, he... Uh, she says don't encourage them and they're going wild. And uh, do they run out of the room? Because they're like, she's here. Oh, yeah, that's right. They're so like, he's 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 up the he's high, having a hairy talk. He's high on his high horse. He's high on the pulpit. Oh yeah. And he's he's sermoning on how important the the courtroom is and the law and so on and so yes. forth. And then, uh, Dan Jennifer Black's outside. Oh, but you have to before that happens. You have your knickerbocker, Nick Buck, a shroop buck. Uh, because I thought they they all leave. Oh no, the our, our minivan lady yeah rushes Harry in the middle of his, of his speech, and she's grabbing at his desk, and then Bull rips her out, and they're you know like you're out of here, you're out of here, and Dan uh, screams, "Was it worth it to save a sawbuck? A sawbuck? I a said sawbuck." So she gets carted out. What? No, no, stop. No, no, stop. I gotta go to my note because I have my note about the sawbuck. Thank you. So, as we know, I love nonsense words. So does Hans, and even old timey things. So when Dan said sawbuck, I was like, I know I've heard that somewhere. I know that's a. No- I literally didn't write anything down because I was like, I have no idea what that is. Moving forward. So it's like old time. You That's wanna, what, when I when I hear something I don't know, I pretend it doesn't exist. If you want to sound like an old timey hobo or a prospector <laughs> when you're when you're talking about money, basically you can ask. Uh, so basically, obviously, uh, a dollar is a buck. You know, a buck, a bone, okay, whatever. A five is a fiver or a fin, finsky. Oh Jesus! Uh, a saw buck is. A ten ten dollar bill because the Roman numeral is an X, which also re- resembles the structure of a saw buck. What you would use to set up to saw something. So a twenty is a double saw buck. A fifty is a frog, because it's unlucky. You don't want them. <laughs> and a hundred's a C note, because the oh I get I got I got a C note. Okay, yeah, I got because you the C-note. Roman numeral for hundred is C. Holy shit! That's why we call it a C note. Yeah. That's exactly why it's called the C-Note. I love that you're like, yeah, yeah, got it. Totally. C-Note. Done. Hundred. Why? Oh, I didn't know that. Did you take Latin? (laughs) Did you? I did. I didn't know. It's it's like that do-do-do-do. Like the more you know star just just went across our living room. So if you want to break a guy's guy's leg for two saw buck, don't give me no frog because that shit's unlucky. I'll take... A C note. Thank you very much. So yeah, that's the etymology of the old timey words. So this has been old timey talk. Old timey talk. Who likes old timey talk? So yeah, all that for a sawbuck trying to save a sawbuck. All right. So he does that, and then Harry Harry's on his pulpit. Uh, and then uh, they find out that uh. Jenny Black is actually in the courthouse, oh, Jenny Jen. and they bail on Harry's ass like it was a fucking counterfeit C-note. Yeah, they don't give a shit. They're not in the courtroom because Harry is in the courtroom. They liked him. They're in the courtroom because they know that Jennifer will soon be with Harry. And they like Harry because he's with her. Yeah. So then we go to our commercial break, come back. 
back in judges' chambers, we find out that the police have cordoned off the courthouse. They found out there are hundreds and hundreds of fans in and around the courthouse. They've shut it down, but they can't. They haven't cleared everybody out. They don't know how many people are there. But the gears of justice have ground to a halt on the greasy bones of these punk rockers. Well, and Harry's in chambers with Liz and Dan. And Harry's like, you know, she says that I remind her of a puppy. And Dan's like, let it go. Cut her loose. I got it right here. Oh, do it. My eyes. uh, She said my eyes flicker like a jack-o'-lantern. Cut her loose tonight. Uh, she says I have the sensuality of a caged panther. Let it ride till breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> Dan. D-D-T-F. Dan yeah. down too. Fuck. He was down. Oh my gosh, I love Dan. Dan's like, oh, get over it. Oh, who cares? Oh, uh, let it ride until breakfast. Oh, man, she sounds like she'll fuck your dick off. Hey. Hey, but that's what he said. That was... That was raunchy. Um, Carla B. Ooh, it's, we're doing after night court after dinner. Yeah, Casey B. It literally, it hit midnight. In judges' chambers. Yeah, it hit midnight and you become a, a <laughs> rogue derelict <laughs> Lothario. Anyways. Oh my God. The cats, the, even the cat's disappointed in I you know. right now. He stopped licking his balls. <laughs> it reminds me of Casey. <laughs> Uh, so then we're back. So they have that exchange, and then um, Harry Harry kind of realizes that yeah. I, I I can't see her anymore. This yeah, is he's not, rethinking the whole situation. This is not in. And Selma comes in, and they're kind of like, you know, how how is it? How what what's mm-hmm. the status? And Selma has her sassy. Now I remember why I didn't have children. Yeah, that's right. That's true. Is, she would have had all of these greasy punk kids. Yeah. They remind her of her. I really, though, I will tell you, being pregnant right now with our first child, every time someone makes like a idiot joke like that or whatever, I'm just like, oh my god, yeah, like don't not not my child, don't be them, not my Mensa baby that I'm growing right now. Don't be a fan of the youngest judge in New York just because he's young. <laughs> be a fan of what he does with his life. I bite the songs. This is not music. <laughs> this is trash. Listen to more Prince and David Bowie. Though I really do think, I swear, I, and I'm sorry, I don't mean for this to be pregnancy hour, but <laughs> I, at I have, the midnight hour, I have nothing else. Um, the baby loves Queen. Yeah, she does. Because I, I, I know it for a fact. Because one of the stations, daughter. one of the stations that I listen to on the way to work on the nine o'clock hour, because I'm such a Midwestern mom, that's when I commute to work. On the 9 o'clock hour, it does, like, all music. And it's, like, you know, it's not oldies. It's, like, 80s, 90s, aughts, and today. It's, like, a top... It's kind of, like, a top 40. Those are oldies, by the but way. More, yeah. You just listed everything that's considered an oldie. When someone goes, that's a music I listen to growing up. I that should be an oldie. But I'll say a lot of what they... for There must be some person that's in charge that really likes Queen because there are... A lot of mornings, mo- I would say at least three out of five days a week, in my commute to work, one Queen song comes on, which that is a like be. that's a good ratio. I'm certainly not complaining, but literally nearly every time the baby moves, she loves it, and she's not a morning person. Freddie Mercury, she she loves the sound of Queen. 
Which yeah, is, it's should. just so funny because I'm like, you're your father's daughter. Because I love Queen, <laughs> but I, I loved, I, I developed a love of Queen very late in life. But yeah. Okay. Sorry. Don't anyway. stop me now. <laughs> when she can kick, like when she starts like kicking a lot, Fuck we're yeah. going to have to just have a like st- dance parties. She'll dance like her father. Just a lot of stomping and at the weddings, fist pumps. At the weddings this summer, we've got to request Queen you and you can to. feel her kick because she loves Queen. I'm so sorry. This is supposed to be a comedy podcast. And now I'm like, can I talk about my baby? It's funny to somebody. Just us. (laughs) But we are doing our Night Court podcast. I'm really sorry, Hans. I'm I'm your hairy friend right now. He's listening to it for the first time. He's laughing his ass off. I'm his hairy. You are his hairy. You are his hairy friend. Uh, So, yeah, we're... (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Uh... So we're back to Horny Dan. Horny me, Horny Dan. It's midnight in the office. Horny Dan, because Bull brings in a guest. Bull brings in a guest after Selma talks about how she's glad she didn't have kids because they'd all be fucking animals. Hairy animals running around with without a cause. Uh, and then uh, the guest starts to, you know, like, Bull ushers her in and Harry goes, thank you, Bull. And then she starts to undress, and she gives her hat to Bull, and the Harry goes, thank you, Bull. Takes her coat off, gives it to Bull. Thank you, Bull. Thank you, Bull. Thank you, Bull. There's a lot of thank you, Bull. And Bull's. Dan's just on the couch. I think he has a paper, even. He's, like, like, he's, yeah, he's, not he's just attention. not looking. He's not He's and not focused. So, of course, all of this positive attention towards Bull, Dan cannot abide. Which I, again, is perfect. I love. It's just, is it not endearing? I, they're brothers. They have a brotherly There's, camaraderie. It's, it's almost like twins. Except. And when I say twins, I don't mean identical twins. When you mean I say the movie twi- twins. I mean the movie twins. Except it's Are two not? of the tallest people you've ever seen. Right. But still, like the opposites attract. Yeah. Continue. And they do have a very brotherly relationship, except I wish it wasn't towards Harry, who is their dad. Fuck yeah. But anyways, so it is a very like... Harry keeps going, thank you, Bull, thank you, Bull, thank Lana's you, Bull, thank gone. you, Bull, I have to thank pick you, on Bull. Harry, I'm sorry. It's, it, it does go to Harry. No more Lana. Yeah, because everybody else is real cool. Everybody else has their shit together. Yeah. So, Harry, thank you, Bull, thank you, Bull, thank you, Bull, thank you, Bull. And Dan just, ugh. <laughs> and he gets so mad and he goes, ugh. And you, he's bubbling up and you, you know he's about to say thank you, Bull, in a snotty, shitty way just to get under Bull's skin so he drops his paper, stands up. Because he says, as he's standing up and dropping his paper, he goes, thank you, Bull. Thank you, Bull. Thank you, Bull. I've heard enough of that today. And then he gets up and it's one more time. And at that point, our our mystery guest has... Jennifer Black. Jennifer Black has disrobed. And she is not in punk attire. No. She looks just she looks like, like Sally next door. Very beautiful, but a beautiful the girl next door. girl next door, t-shirt, jeans. jeans like, yeah. Normal hairdo. Uh, and then Dan's like, thank you, but thank you, Bill. Thank you, Bull. Yeah, it's deep. It's- After... Bull takes her coat off, and we see that she's Lyric wearing. Lyric can go much deeper oh, yeah, yeah. in his voice than you. We're Midwestern. We're too nasal. Yeah, we can't do it. So we see her, and she is as Midwestern as she can be. And she's wearing a tight white T-shirt, no bra. And Dan sees it. Dan locked on. Thank you, Bull. 
Oh yeah, that was good. That was good. That was really close. Um. So then we see then Dan falls in love with uh, old Jesse Black because she's not a punk anymore. She's a wholesome Midwestern gal. Yep. So and she's not annoying and stupid. Hooked. Yeah. So he says he's introducing himself and he's like, uh, assistant district attorney, uh, you know, giggle, giggle, giggle. And he uh-huh. goes, I'm a really big fan and I have every, and of course we think you're going to, I have every yeah. album you've ever done, yada, yada. but he doesn't in true Dan fashion. I have every intention of purchasing oh, bro, your albums. Oh yeah. He just slowly, he sees how attractive she is and that she's not actually a punk. They talk. He's like. He finds out she's had over 8 million records sold. Little little tiny baby boner got into a big old boner. Her <laughs> intention of, like, she's hot, she's rich, she's powerful, he's Republican. Let's, Done. Let's sold. go. But he ends up leaving, and Selma's next. And Selma has a bit, and I was hoping that you got it, because I... I got, I got the line. The Jerry Vale? Yeah. Who the uh, fuck is Jerry Vale? So everybody's in love with the rock star Dan, clearly, because he's horny. He leaves. Uh, Liz shows up, and she's like, you're so, you're so great. You're so awesome. If I could trouble you, please, maybe a signed picture. Say it's uh, to Liz. I want to impress. She wants to impress her nieces because they love. So everybody's in love with the rock star. And then Selma walks up with, you know, just her normal Selma saunter. No care in the world. Couldn't be less impressed. If you, if you run into Jerry Vale, tell him we're still waiting. What does that mean? I don't know. I really, I honestly, I was like, I don't even want to look it up because it's almost too good because it makes no sense to me. Because I don't want me to understand the line and then not appreciate it. Because I appreciate it so much now because I'm so confused. She's just a, she's a leviathan. She's a rare bird. God, that's Selma. I love that Selma. And it's and it's, it's What are we gonna do without Selma? It's very specifically worded. Like that's why I wrote it down because it's funny. Yes, because and it's we're so waiting. Weird. Not not I'm waiting for no, him. We're waiting. We're Yeah. No, it's we're waiting. I mean almost like a cultish presence. Like I I think maybe they kill I yeah, I don't know. I don't And I loved I was it. So confi- I loved how I loved weird it, it was. It's I'm not best. looking it up. I don't want to know. I, I hope it's just a non sequitur. I, I, I don't want to know. I'm sure it's a reference to something, but I just heard it as a non sequitur. Uh, yeah, I need it to make no Tell sense. Tell Jerry Vale we're waiting. I, like, I want it cool. to make no sense and want it to be have been purposeful that it make no sense and for no one to get it because it makes Selma just so much more cool and mysterious. She has this weird idea of a famous person. It's like all famous people know each other. Jerry Vale, we grew up together. Yeah. He sang in lounges in the 70s. He had one of those weird, he weird was flat amazing. feet. His foot was deformed. You could kick the longest field goals. You don't know Jerry Vale? We almost picked on his little brother, Anthony. Voice like an angel. Face like a, an ug. <laughs> uh, anyway, so the mystery I wiped Jerry him Va- when he was in diapers. <laughs> you know he that. He was 17. <laughs> so now we're just into like the Sopranos. <laughs> I know, right? We're or like... <laughs> The woman that we do like on Orange is the New Black that's like, and then my cousin Vito killed, shot the guy. All the and guys. And it with, wasn't even fault, Fat Tony that did it. All the guys with bald heads, he hit him in the head with bats. All the bald guys. Turned out it wasn't Bald Paulie. <laughs> he had a full head of hair. It was Greasy Johnny. 
We should just start a podcast when we just say lines badly from other TV shows and movies. Because yeah. I feel that's really been my bit all night. Yeah, that's our, our gold. <laughs> my uncle thought he was say Jerome. My uncle thought he was say Watson. I'd call that a big yes. I'd call that a big yes. Um, all right, we gotta get back to it. So here we, uh, uh, everyone's impressed with the rock star. Oh, they're alone at last. Jerry Vale. Yeah, they're alone at last. Uh, fucking okay. Filler. So f- much filler. Fucking bull. I'm, I'm cursing a lot. It's cause it's late and I had a really bad day. I apologize. Blame it on Harry. Take it out on Harry. I'll take it out on Harry. This was the fillerist of fillery exposition that's not exposition just like we need to add in four more minutes for the network because we no longer you know have macintosh right matt bailed on night court like it oh my gosh ibm loves cheers this is quite possibly there are things that i have not liked because i don't find him funny there have been things i don't like because i don't like the character so on and so forth but this is by far in the way the dumbest scene I've am in my least favorite thing of any Night Court episode. Yeah. Because it was just so clear to me that it was just fit in. It's a to bad fill gag. Fucking time. It's, it's a bad such gag. a bad gag. We should talk about the gag. So they're finally alone in in judges' quarters. Um, they're about to. The one thing they haven't had the whole episode. They haven't been alone together ever since they've met each other they met each other on a talk show they went on a date they were not alone on their date they were supposed to meet tonight after harry gets off of work for a real date now they were gonna all go this shabazz dinner. Has, has started fans press the whole shabam and we're about to get the full brunt of how big of a shabam this is so they're in judges chambers and they're about you know like to let their hair down you know get to know each other Snuggle, huggle, kiss. LaCruddle. LaCruddle, do whatever. Uh, And as they're about to, we see uh, a punk creeping on the wall. Who also, they dressed him poorly because it also looks like a fucking mime. Yeah. He had like a black vest, striped shirt, weird glasses, like another just bad punk. And he's hanging out on the windowsill. He's like, hey, Jesse. I love you. You know, shouting into the window, and Harry Jennifer. I was like, "Who's Jesse?" Uh, does his pantomime like get down? Don't do it. Get down. The guy's like, "Get down, get down." Oh God! And he's like, "No, no, no, get down." He's like, "Get down." And you're like, is he going to jump? Like, what the fuck's going to go on? And then all of a sudden you hear a chopper sound effect and then a spotlight. And it's like, hey, you get off the courthouse. It's against the law to be on the courthouse. So why was there a helicopter there that fast? Uh, It's New York City, baby. Like, come on. And then it's like, no, move to your left. There's a ladder there. Like, and I'm just like, really? Is all of this needed? So they. No. The, we see the little hammy, the guy like <laughs> scoots off the window and then Jessica and Jennifer, Jennifer <laughs> and, uh, Harry like are in the window and they look out and the, you know, you hear the cop voice like, get on, move to the left, do this, do that. 
Hey, Jessica. Hey, Harry. No, it's, hello, Miss Black. Hello, Your Honor. Have a good night. We love you. Oh, God. And they're like, wah, wah, wah. And I, like, I, I, I hate to spend one more second on that scene. And we blew by it, I, I feel like, quickly enough. But literally, Casey, what was the point? Not because the, it was a waste. Because the, oh, ne- the next gag waste. is actually funny, funny in the context of the show and what's happening. And they set up the next gag the incredibly next gag well so in earned. multiple ways. It is so earned. Oh, this, so we're this gonna that infuriated me to no end. The bad, I have to say the it. bad gag that doesn't the bad gag escalate or do Hashtag anything for the show other than we know they're both famous. We know everybody loves them, but we've that's already been established. To me, it doesn't up the joke any because it's not big enough. Right. Uh, but the next gag is fucking hilarious, and it is totally a perfect '80s dad joke. So we cut from the judge's chambers and we're at the doorway to the, the bathroom. Oh, no, we are not there. No, we are not. I thought you were talking about this gag as being the next gag. Oh, no, you're right. I totally, I missed it. Yeah. Two good gags then. Two good gags. Yeah. A few good gags. So basically, helicopter gag is done. They're back in the office. It's in chambers mm-hmm. they're just kind of like oh, you know breathing a sigh of relief like that's over but also realizing like you just can't get away from it yeah like it just doesn't end and she goes you know dan said that i'm worth eight million i netted eight million last yeah. year and and I got why she said mm-hmm. that. She wasn't saying it to brag. She's literally like, this is how big. I have to clear the air. This is why this, this is. is happening. Yeah. You need to know this. This is my life. I get followed by helicopters, like, people on buildings. It's I, I don't like it any more than you, but th- this is what it is. I don't so, get horny for it like you do, Harry. You so she basically says, I netted $8 million, And Harry's like, you netted $8 million last year? And then, you netted $8 million last year? Craven is hiding under the desk. Under the desk. Craven pops up and they're they're shocked. He's like the the pop goes literally pop goes the weasel. Yeah, totally. He goes full like it's full on Looney Tunes. He's totally Bugs Bunny cuz they're like 8 million. He goes, and 8 million and he just like pops up behind the desk. It's great. Oh, it's so fucking good. Um so and then on time, and then right on, time, on cue. Craven pops up and goes, "You netted 8 million." camera pans it just cuts oh miss black give me a story give me a story door opens big old bull standing in the doorway with the little tiny index finger (laughs) come with me craven oh it's so good you're all mine you're getting tied up next to the swede yep and then okay so this is this is the best bit of the show and may uh, maybe the best bit I've seen thus far. Yeah. Oh, just yeah. in terms of like cleverness, setup, execution, and circle back. And the two and the two characters that you Oh, it was so good perfect. to see them. I wouldn't yeah. have picked the two of them, but they're it's perfect. I wouldn't have either. Okay, so um, Casey walk us through it. So after the craving gag, I got into it a little bit before. We we're standing outside of the entrance to the, the restroom. 
And flanking the door on either side are Liz and Selma. And this restroom, it's one main entrance to go to the, the quote unquote, the restroom hallway. So they're at the main entrance and then you can essentially go left for the women's bathroom yeah. and right for the men's bathroom. If you've ever seen once the, you go through the entrance, if you've ever seen, like an airport kind it, of. Like the airport or if you've ever seen the Pat sketch on SNL. It's just like, what? Which way are they going to go? So you can just left for ladies, right for men. So Liz and Selma are standing on either side it's of the door. It's less funny now that you brought Pat into it. This is actually very funny. I know. I'm uh, not a fan of Pat. I Nobody is. Okay. I don't think there's a person other than the actress that played Pat. Is she the one that's the crazy Republican now? Christian? I'm sure she's not a fan of like androgyny now anyways. She's the first trans. She played the first trans character in pop culture. I don't dislike Pat because Pat is trans. I dislike Pat because Pat's annoying. I dislike Pat because Pat's not funny. Yep, that too. Though Anyways. I don't. Okay, continue. Speaking of soapboxes, so <laughs> there we see <laughs> <laughs> the midnight soapbox. Uh, so we see either one. I'm not being funny tonight at all. Not that I, I ever am, but I'm just like, I'm just going to be judgy tonight. <laughs> You and it's, Harry. It's you're been the a Harry. bad day. I'm just gonna judge. You've, I'm gonna judge all of you. I'm the judge today. I'm not. I'm judge. not a district attorney. I'm not an assistant district attorney. I'm the judge. I'll withhold the gavel bangs for gavel you in particular. Oh, hey, sorry. You're the judge and Dan Fielding. I said it. I was like inappropriate. <laughs> At this time of night, are you crazy? I know. I know my sciatica. <laughs> my back hurts. <laughs> I've been moving around. <laughs> but my feet, my feet, you don't understand. I have like 50 additional pounds in my stomach right now. And she's pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> no gavel bangs for you for the rest of the week. You can gavel bang yourself. <laughs> sorry. Jesus Christ. Hans, I'm so sorry. Oh, that poor bathroom toilet. Hans, it is after midnight. I can't even tell you the day I've had. I really can't. I've cried like three times. I'm so hormonal. Okay, continue. <laughs> I'm glad we're about to get into uh, transgender issues then with the yeah. next bit. Uh, so the next bit, as we set up, it's hilarious. Uh, Liz and Selma are flanking a doorway to a bathroom. Men, Men to the right, women to the left. Each of them have a couple bucks in hand. And then we see one of our, our punk roustabouts saunter by them, walk into the entryway to the bathroom and kind of look to get the lay of the land. And then they each go, they each put, you know, money down like, man, woman. And then the person checks it out and goes, it's men's room. And it's like, ah, I got you. You couldn't tell. And so that's the joke. Them just standing at the doorway as these punk kids <laughs> choose, and it's it's funny because well, they are dressed. Well, I will say now, like it's still funny, right? It would still be a funny joke right now because it's not anti-trans; it's anti-like kids these days. Like, yeah, it's it's literally just it's a dad putting. Joke. Yeah, it's a dad joke, and it's just the people that are doing it are you know Liz who has you know is always very is clean cool. cut and pristine and selma who's just well past this generation so she doesn't really understand it so it just fits and it would hit today too and it's not offensive 
in terms of gender fluidity at all. It's if anything, it's making fun of the adults, making no, fun and, of the kids. Do you know what I'm saying? No, and that's why I think it works so well and would still work today. Because it's not offensive. Because it's not, it's not mean spirited. Um, you can't. It's not the writer. You can't attack the writer for what a character says. Like you put the words in a character's mouth. And dumb Absolutely. characters say dumb things. Right. But in this instance, it's not the dumb characters. In this instance, it's the two strongest female characters on the show. And arguably in the fucking city of New York, if the show's any. Because it's old <laughs> sassy Selma, who believes in a female god. And Liz, who is just this rough, tumble, African-American woman, who is the defense attorney for the city yeah so for them to be confused so, by this this group of people it's just really funny. so for them it's earned because they are open-minded great characters and they're just like and as you said it's just it's, it's just you, a generational you thing. crazy kids like, yeah it has nothing to do with gender it, it has everything to do with generation so and i think it's a really funny joke because still to this day and as as we get older yeah. I find myself going like, well, teenagers these days. And it's just like, oh, Jesus. Like, no. I get and it's it. Two of two of the most strong enlightened yeah, characters making a comment. Also say teen. I, I hope that when our daughter is a teenager, the biggest problem is that I don't understand what she's wearing because I don't get if she's trying to look like a boy or a girl. Right. Oh, my gosh. I would. I pray that that's that's because that's not a problem. And to in. In defense, it was like it was basically everyone was wearing a wig and dressed like a homeless woman. Oh yeah, like it was th- when we say punk too. It wasn't punk. You mentioned punk. Freddie like, Mercury and David Bowie earlier. Nobody looked no. like David no, Bowie. No, they no, all no. looked like homeless women. Yeah, no, they really did. Everybody looked like Carla B. The early years. So yeah, uh, still haggard though. Yeah, still st- super still haggard. So they're doing that, and then uh, we go back in. Oh, then are we in the? Well, basically, we set the bathroom up because then. That's right. Okay. They have to. Now there are people in the hallway. We're back in chambers. Yeah. They we we've got Craven out of the office. The helicopter guy's been taken off the the scaffolding. Mm-hmm. So now they're alone, but they don't want to be in the office, which I also don't get because yeah. the hallway's crowded. So instead of just staying right. in they, the office and locking the door. They just removed the only obstacle to them being in the office, which is the guy on the ledge. Yes. And Craven. And Craven. Yeah. And then there are people at the door. So now they need to leave. And I'm thinking that they're trying to figure out how to leave the building. Right. That's what I thought as well. But they're not. So really, this was poor writing, but just for a, a good gag at the end. Right. So they're on the couch trying to figure out what to do, and they're kind of getting no. This is yeah, they're getting close and canoodling and like getting close to each other, and then Tuttle Muddle comes no. in. Yes, this yes. is before. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, oh, they're necking. They're, they're necking. necking. Yeah. And so maybe Tuttle's the catalyst. Speak of a generational divide. Yeah. They're necking on the couch. They're necking on the settee. Leave some room for God, would you? So they're they're necking and kissing and like doing small like cutesy cutesy talk. And then Tuttle comes in 
And she's, again, like, you gotta sign this shit, Harry. I don't give a fuck how you run your court, but when I'm here, we finish our business. And she is nonplussed by the rock star. Everybody else but Selma is affected. She comes in, she doesn't care they're kissing, she doesn't care they're, like, Jenny's sitting on Harry's lap. Yeah, and then Harry's like, back off, man. I'm a scientist. I'm a scientist. Uh... And then, so he quickly signs it off, and but but before Tuttle leaves, she goes to Jenny and is like, "I caught you at the garden. You were great." And then does like a, a metal pump. fist, another fist, mi- pump. Fest, fist pump. So Tuttle is like the greatest woman ever. I want Tuttle to be my grandma because she's fucking no nonsense and she's a punk rocker, which kind of go hand in hand, I guess. Some some punks like scent nonsense or sense. Those accountant punks, though. Oh, yeah. With the numbers. Uh, so then Tuttle leaves, and then that's when you are like, they're like, we can't be in this office anymore. We need to get out of here. And they decide, instead of getting out of the in building and going to her, her like, this multi-million so dollar many, hotel. This has so many goddamn plot I'm holes I'm telling you, it. this is Harry's horny fever dream, because it doesn't make any fucking sense. So they decide, instead of leaving the hotel to go to her, or leaving the court to go to her fucking multi-million dollar hotel, uh, they need to sneak out. So uh, Bull basically throws her in a haversack and slings her over his shoulder. Which, number one plot point, who has that lying around in in a... City courthouse. New York City night court? There's a lot of body bags laying around, baby. It's not a body bag. It's a burlap sack. He's carrying her like she's carrying potatoes. Shaped like a body. Oh, God. Uh, And then uh, Harry leaves the office dressed as a babushka. Draced. Draced. He's traipsing and draced as Uh, a... Dressed as like a Russian babushka lady. babushka down. Because he's wearing like his mom's coat. And like, and a little red thing over his head, a little Larger, bonnet, a, a kerchief, kerchief over his head, large and sunglasses. So Bull takes Jenny away, and then Harry quickly follows, dressed as an old Russian Russian woman. It also needs to be said that May, like, he walks past all these punk kids, and they don't understand. Mavis Tuttle has him sign something else while he's in the hallway. Oh yeah, in that's disguise. right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and he goes, Amazing. he goes through a group of male punks and they're like, hey, mama, hey, how you doing? So Harry's a hot Russian lady. Uh, and then we find out that they don't leave, as we mentioned. They are taken to the bathroom. The, the men's bathroom. The men's bathroom. Harry and Jenny are sharing a stall in the men's bathroom. My only note was... Uh, are they going to fuck in the toilet? My note was fucking gross. Right. And mine was fuck in toilet? Question mark? Right. So really quickly after Bull takes them, her in the sack and Harry follows uh-huh. into the toilet, Selma makes a joke of, you know, I carry all my toiletries in my purse. And she says, you, you know, it was just all so simple in the 40s. Mm-hmm. Which mm-hmm. is hilarious, but also goes back yeah. to exactly what we said. It's literally not a gender thing. It's a generational thing. Yeah. So it's just so funny to watch old people confuse, confused at kids. Yeah. And then Harry walks and by dressed as a- it's fun to make a- for old people to make fun of kids that they yeah. think are stupid. 
that's how we get along. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, so then Harry passes dressed as a woman, and they do the the so, bat gag. So yeah, so they're in the men's bathroom, and then Bull leaves. Yeah. So they're alone in the bathroom. In the biggest stall in the bathroom. No, no, not yet. Number one, why in God's name did you sneak into the bathroom? Exactly. Number two, let's say that that makes sense. You are now in the bathroom. Yes. You are alone in the bathroom in its entirety. Why in God's name do you sneak yourself into a stall? Right. And I will say set design wise, they go full on dirty New York, scummy, broken, mirrored bathroom covered in graffiti. You can smell the fucking stale urine through your television. How gross is that? It is so gross. And Harry opens the stall door and says, care to join me? Like it's romantic. I am so confused. I'm so confused. He's offering to fuck her in the toilet. Yeah. Well, that's what I thought. I was just like, what are we fucking like George Michael? It's even like the trashiest porno. What are we, George Michael? Gross. What is it? A truck stop? What are we, George Michael? What are you, George Michael? I, exactly. Except it would be two Harrys in the toilet. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, that would make more sense. And that's, again, why did they leave the judge's chambers? There's a comfy couch. He's got a cooler full, right. of, so, full of dad brews. You, do you really want privacy here? And uh, They're next to a toilet. Yeah. A New York City toilet. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Disgusting. Oh. Casey. Gross. The worst. Also... Do you think a courthouse really would have that fucking bathroom? Because it looked like a fucking subway station bathroom. It did, yes. Like, they, they really, all of this, plot hole after plot hole. I'm telling you, it's Harry's dream. So they're in this Horny stall. Harry dream. They're in the stall. I write fucking gross. Right. I said, are they going to fuck in the toilet? And Harry goes, you know, Jennifer. He goes, nice girl like you, that meeting in a place like this. Did he say that? Yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, I missed that. But he basically says, like, I don't think we can do this. And she says, what do you mean? And he jumped. What? Uh, we have a whole scene with Dan in the courthouse. They cut back to when he goes, he he ushers her. That's why I wrote, are they going to fuck in the toilet? Because Harry goes, like, motions her into the toilet and goes, what am I doing meeting a nice girl like you in a place like this? It jump cuts back to Dan in the courtroom and he's auctioning yes, off it does. It does. all of Harry's shit to the punks. Yeah. Republican. Republican yeah, so Dan. He's, he's selling autographs. He's selling pens. He's selling Harry's little nameplate. And it's almost like it's like a brick, brick, Yeah. And then we return to the toilet and they're making out. Yes. And then, and then you, you are into- so right, and I am so sorry. And so, um, Harry is basically like, it's not that simple. Fucking Harry, fucking Harry. gives one I, of his fucking oh, monologues. Wait for it, and she goes, fucking high horse Harry. Well, you're not married to, you know, you're not married, and you weren't telling me, right? And he goes, well, I'm not married to another woman. <sighs> And she goes, oh, do you mean he was like, no, no, no. I'm married to an idea. Oh, you piece of shit. I'm married to an idea of becoming the best judge I can be. You were on fucking television for fucking nothing. You are already that, you spineless fuck. 
I'm married to the idea. Oh, I was so mad. Uh, I'm married to the idea of becoming the best judge that I can be. That's verbatim, folks. You brought a grown woman with a spoon to a toilet. You brought Lady Gaga into a fucking bathroom toilet stall, made out with her, and then just went, you know what? I can't do this. I'm married to an idea. I'm married to the idea of being the best accountant in the world. I you can't. know, I'm I'm married to the idea of shitting in said stall while Harry's in it. Shitting, make him sit down. And and, make, yes. And then you shit between his legs. Yeah. He's the toilet seat. He he is the toilet. Hot Harry toilet seat. That's getting a little too, a little too YouTube. He deserves it though. I th- this line. I literally. I was. I was like, you're gonna do a Harry speech in a fucking toilet stall right and now. And it goes back to it. It's not you, Hans. Uh, you really have that. You have that Harry. Like everybody has that Harry. I'm like, I can so fucking hear. I want to fucking throw you beep, out the beep, fucking beep, window beep, beep, right beep, now. Say that, like literally. You sanctimonious fucking egomaniac. Oh my god, I'm married to an idea. You're telling a rock star that you're married to your career. You put us all through this bullshit. You're talking to a woman that netted $8 million last year that you're married to your career. He does it to get off on himself. Oh my god. And she was like, I've never been dumped before. It gets better, Casey. Dumped? Dumped? Toilet stall? Toilet? Dump? Oh, no. But then he says, he takes a real dump on it because he says, you're not mine to dump. Ugh, yes, Harry, we know. You're so forward thinking. Women are not property. Except for every other episode, you make such misogynist comments. Get over it. You pig. Ugh. So, yeah, Harry gives a fucking hi-hat speech about how he can't date this woman because he needs well, to be the best judge we're, in the world. We're panning out now. Ugh. We're not in the actual stall when he's Yuck. saying this. So... They have a they have a gag, Casey. Right. Uh, and then as they're doing it, talking about is. I can be the best judge, all of a sudden Tuttle strikes again. No. The guy in the bathroom. Oh, there's a guy creeping on him. Who cares? Yeah, there's a guy creeping. I mean, we need to hit the marks, though. That's true. Hit the mark. There's a guy creeping, and then he's like, he, you know, it's funny because it's a guy's bathroom and you can only hear Harry and he's going like, I really just feel this way. And he's like really confused. Then he look, goes closer to the stall, looks under the stall, sees two pairs of shoes. Then he looks, you know, into the crack of the stall. And then Harry goes, we want to be alone. And I wanted to be like, so stay in judges chambers. I, so say, I didn't mean to blow past it, but I was like, Harry, get, us recalling it, it's got me so heated. Harry got me heated. Har- Harry got me heated. Harry got me heated. Uh, so yeah, the creeper leaves, and then again, there's just a lot of fucking wasted space gags in this. Well, it doesn't matter because I lost the next three minutes because that Got is when heated. I finally figured out right who Ooh. Jennifer Black is. Jennifer Black is. I literally moved to the chair that's next to the TV that is not intended for you to sit in it and watch TV, and I was because my sciatica. Mm. It, ladies and gentlemen, is A.L. from the Fabulous Movies Meatballs. Fabulous Movies is Meatballs? Is? <laughs> so late. <laughs> from Meatballs, the movie. And do you know what's Starring funny? Bill Goddamn Murray, which Bill is Bill Goddamn Murray, and written by Harold motherfucking Ramis. 
Two? We got two connectors. Two for. Do you think so, we're going to see them in Night Court? Both of them? No. I don't. Maybe. No. Maybe. No. Oh my god, I would die if I saw Harold Ramis in Night Court, though. I'd cry. My life would be complete. We could go. Um, What I will say, though, it's really funny and a little bit kismet is, I, you know me. Yeah. I love meatballs. You do. I can't The movie tell and the you, food. I really do love both. Equal. Equally. Absolutely. It's an equal opportunity lover. I know no character's name from that movie. With mm-hmm. the exception of one. Yeah. A.L. Who played Jennifer Black. Yes. Because I know the character A.L. Because my name is Ashley. My middle name is Lynn. And I hate my name. And when I saw Meatballs, I begged and pleaded with my dad to start t- calling me A.L. So I could like get people to call me by that. Mm-hmm. And he went along with it. But no one else did. So it got dropped. So you're the horny babe in the toilet with Harry? I'm the horny babe in the toilet with Harry. For shame. I would have left. You For know that. shame. You know. You know I, I would have left that. Harry's leaving? Casey, if you Leavings? ever. If you ever were like, babe, I'm not only married to you. I'm married to the idea of podcasting with Hans. I'd punch you in the face. I am married to you. That's all that matters. Oh. We are in a toilet right now. As we're, we speak, we're recording this from our huddled our around our toilet. Oh my god! And Could litter you imagine box. how fidgety I'd be then? My back hurts so badly. Um. So okay, yeah. so they break up. Okay, so I lost a couple gags again because I just figured it out and That's I got really happy. Important. I tried to I tried to skip the so gags. So Harry, Harry goes. I'm sure they've they've broken up. Yeah. I'm sure that somewhere, sometime, we're going to see each other. And she says, well, next time, let's let let's have it be in the ladies lounge because it's a better class of graffiti. And they're like, tee hee 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 hee. You're so funny. No, I'm so funny. No, you're so funny. No, you're so funny. Just jerk And then they start they start necking again. They start kissing. Yeah. And then. Old Tuttle Buttle. Mavis Tuttle doesn't go into the stall, just puts a paper over the stall. I like the shot. Signs where indicates. Boom. It was just the folder. Boom, like right between them, they're kissing and just, boom, sign this, come on. Just nailed it. Mavis yeah. nails it. Timing. Total. Every saved, single saved time her. she saved this episode. Out of the park. Last scene. We're nearly done. In yeah. chambers. Harry, relaxing at the end of a long, long yep, day. Yep, yep. Gets his, gets his, his lady love, his, her record. Puts it on. Yep. And... Jesus Christ, whoever wrote this, that's what they think Again, punk music, music sounds like. This music that plays I'm, out of the record literally sounds like what the video from The Ring looks like. Yeah, it, it is a, a Halloween sound effect CD. Yeah. It's just rattling chains and breaking noises and And moaning. I think a horse is being tortured. Yeah, and then crying babies. Like, not punk at all. And then Harry is trying desperately to tap his toe and snap his fingers along with the music. No one who wrote this knew punk music. Oh, I'm so mad you remembered the name of uh, the album. Because uh, my note was, I couldn't remember it, but my note for the album, I thought it was called Songbiter. Oh, nice. Which is fucking better than I bite the songs. Yeah. Hack. I bite the songs. Songbiter. Uh, and then the episode ends. 
That's it, baby. So I was confused as to my gavel bangs. And I, I still, I, I'm interested to see what you say, but it has gone lower as we're analyzing this because I realize how much a lot of this episode pissed me off. Also, yeah, it was really, I will say this, it was not a good day for me to do this. I've had a horrendous day. Stuff I thought was funny, like I will, like again, Mavis? I am the, I'm the mom, the great big mom, who always gives more. I still think this fucking episode is a horny fucking hairy fever dream because that's the only way I can fucking make sense of it. It's fucking insane. Yeah, it's it it's really insane. is insane. It's a perfect way to put it. It's nonsensical. Gavel bang time. What's your what's your bang? Not because of performance. There's some solid gags in there. I'm going four. Oh, shit. I'm going five. I was going four. I'm going to go four. So I'm going five. And here's the thing, because I really do think it's average. Because things like Mavis were so good. Yes. Things like bringing Craven back were so good. The bathroom gag with those two was so Liz and Was literally one of the funniest things I've seen on Night Court in our time of watching. Just them. The way they did it was great. there was, even though with those, with those gags, there was no... I, and they were there a lot, but there was no Dan, there was no Liz, there was no, no Bull, there was no Selma. Like, they were there a lot. They were a part of the conversation a lot, but it was very much like, almost like a Seinfeld, like, Harry is the Seinfeld. Like, this is clearly a show about him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for And sure. I'm sorry, Harry is not fucking Jerry Seinfeld. No, his quirks aren't funny enough. So, no. it, it didn't work for me. Um, and I like Harry, but I like it when it's centered around another char- character more. Yeah. I don't dislike Harry. I just dislike when it's he's think, front and center. Exactly. Exactly. And I think when he's front and center, it everything's a little heavy handed. The monologues, I could give or take. But there was so much filler in this episode that was just unnecessary and didn't yeah. even land a joke. And didn't land with an audience. It wasn't that it was dated and we didn't like it. No, it was just like odd. the audience wasn't laughing as like it was just it was the flow was weird. The story itself was weird. The circumstances were weird. It was very, very forced Yeah, around specific things they need to happen. Like to get the stall gag, they needed to put them in a stall. And the, the stall, so like, for no reason, they put them in a stall. Like it just made no sense. Mavis saved the motherfucking day. It reminded me of the bomb episode. Like it's so tethered around a thing. Yes, but that the but bomb episode was more about everybody. More about everybody, and Dan was pretty heavy in that. He was not. He was underused. Bull was underused. Bull was underused. Uh, he mean, got used. Bull was used the best for being used the least. Yeah. Like the bull we've established. Dan was used the worst. Yeah. For the last three. For the last three episodes to get this Dan in that episode, they gave him, they just made him a Republican. Well, and I will say the reason that I gave it a five and not a four, though, is because I genuinely enjoyed watching it. I was I just did, like, yeah. this isn't that great. When you actually look at it and analyze it for two hours like we've been, 
there are so many problems, like so yeah. many problems. So, someone was on someone was on vacation, or someone had senior spring. I think it was probably whatever happened with the Lana with Lana with the actress right. that played Lana. Well, and you know, let's hypothetically say, what if she was written into it? There could have been a lot of filler. Yeah, they had to just cut out yeah. gags. So, That's true. I it's, go. I I say I'll stick to my four. I'll say because five. I need to get a four in there. I need to get a low in there. No, I think that's good on you. Um, and I say four not because I like as well. Like I'm, I don't need. I'm, I keep trying to justify my low. Like I really do love Night Court, and that that's why we still do this. So it's not. No, I really it's enjoy a four the episode. Out of love. I'm not giving it a one. Like, but I think that because so many are so good. Yeah, this had so many problems that it it needs to be overly analyzed. I love this one because it's fucking insane. Again, I keep bringing. I mean, up, I'm definitely scrutinizing. But if this yeah. was a Sopranos dream episode, which it feels like, it's one of those like all those episodes of Sopranos. You're like, okay, I get it. It's a dream episode. It's weird. You like, know, why, I'm not though? a fan of why, those though? episodes, though. I no, have I'm never been either. a fan of those episodes in any show. Sopranos did them the best. I still am not. I don't but that's what this episode felt to me like it was a weird dream episode yeah it definitely felt like that but it definitely i will reiterate for anybody that may have not have watched it it was not it is not a dream episode i'm just saying that because harry was so high hat harry again it could only be a dream yeah alas it was not alas it was not so alas poor yorick um yeah, but that, I mean, that's it for and me. And with that, I guess, speaking of dreams, the enjoy them because the Please? night is long and full of weirdos. Casey? Yes? Have a good night. Court. Right there was case number eleven. Thank you for listening. Thank you, D A A L Garing and Judge uh, Horny Judge Case Horny Horny Extraordinaire. What did I hear? Um, knocking it out of the park with a rough episode. Uh, a couple notes here. Uh, I thought Rebecca Black was Rob Schneider's kid, but it's not. That's like Al King or something. So that's no good. Uh. Um, let's see. What about oh, Lavana Muddle Dumps or Trajina Tuttle Stumps? Um, I know her, of course, from Ghostbusters, but she was also in a less recognized Chevy Chase award called Funny Farm, in which she ran a small bookstore and sold Chevy Chase's wife a stuffed squirrel. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Uh, the name of the song was Suicide Hayride, which makes even less sense than Suicide Sleigh Ride. Yes, the name of the album was I Bite the Songs, and I kind of like that title. I'm not going to lie. But uh, uh, long lost, long live Karen Austin. She uh, will no longer be with us, as you heard. 
And I hate, I hate, I hate, I hate that toilet stall scene. It makes me sad. Uh, the tonality of Harry's voice, this soft, you're nobody's dump, nice pun, by the way, um, made me angry. And last note, before my gavel bang, which did go up a peg, thanks to Case and Ash, because, uh, I just wasn't a fan of this one. Fan of the show. Fan of the show. Mid- Midwest mom number two here. But just not a big fan of this episode. If you go back into that bathroom, numerous, numerous times graffitied is the big capital letter A. And then usually it's in a square or a circle. So what does that mean? Like the big, the big butt, the a-hole? I don't know. But, um... Speaking of a-holes, I'm gavel-banging this one a four. Four gavel-bangs. I'm going with Ash. It got brought up significantly. Um, I don't know. It was just, uh, I think, I think the two had it right. Casey's, the best theory is the fever dream theory, of course, because that's exactly right. You have that dream, like there's this movie, I think it was called Happiness. Might have been that one. Uh, Todd Solance, where this scumbag stoner kid, but had like he doesn't do anything but smoke weed and watch TV, but he has this fantasy of like being the star on late night, and then it shows him on Conan O'Brien, like in like a daydream, and he just goes out there and Conan's like, "Hey, how you doing?" But he's just like, "Uh, uh good, good, good." I don't know where I'm going with that, but that's how I fucking hated that late night show. By the way. There is a lot of, con- I was like, no, it has to be major late night, right? Because how would a local late night show get the biggest rock star in the world? But then you look at the set and the scuzzy scuzzer that is the uh, host, you go, that has to be local. Everything about it is wrong. Everything. Not a fan. Loud, I, the theory about la- loud clothing in the dryer was good. It was definitely, I, I'm, I'm going a confidently, definitely zippers, loud zippers in the dryer. Um, Ashley was pretty hard on ugly punks. I'm not going to lie about that. It kind of took my, took over my hatred for this episode and did it well. So bravo, my fellow night weirdos. Bravo to you, the listener. If you dug this podcast, check out Jerk Practice also on iTunes. And check us out on Facebook at the Jerk Practice Pod and our blog at jerkpractice.com. The night is long, and this episode's going in the toilet. Night court. Come in. I'm looking for Judge Harold T. Stone. Oh, sorry, you missed him. He left about a half an hour ago. He had to hurry across town because he's going to be on this TV program in a few minutes. Who gives a flying... (laughs) Any of us help you? No, his court clerk is sick, and I'm filling in for her tomorrow. Oh, well, welcome. I'm Liz Williams. This is Dan Fielding. Forget it. I'm just a temporary. If I know your names, we might become friends. If you become friends, I'll grieve for you. If you die for a lousy couple of days, it's not worth the pain. (laughs) See you tomorrow. That's a strange lady. Yeah. Nice outfit, though. (laughs) Look, I think it's time for Harry. <laughs> the singer Jennifer Black. The album I Bite the Songs. 
I don't remember seeing any legs, but it definitely had arms because it reached out for me. Arms? I can't wait to get a look at this thing. Alice, I'm going to ask you a couple of standard questions, okay? Have you or any member of your family ever been diagnosed schizophrenic, mentally incompetent? My uncle thought he was St. Jerome. I'd call that a big yes. 